So this morning, I'm going to be continuing on a message that I've been on for a while. It's called Revealing Jesus. And uh, today I'm going to end uh, chapter 3 of, of the Gospel of John. And uh, I'm going to be pausing on that for, for a few, uh, few more times now until um, after Easter. We've got a couple of special things going on and uh, a few events coming up. So we'll put a pause on that and then I'll pick it up again um, at the end of April or May. Um, but yeah, we've been looking at the life of Jesus. We've been looking at his character at his words, at his actions, all from the Gospel of John, verse by verse. Once again, I love going verse by verse. You've got to address everything, and it's so cool. Um, and it's really challenging. It's great because it, it, it makes me go into the Scripture more, and I'm so blessed to be sharing with you what I'm able to, to get out of Scripture. I can't get through all of it. Um, there's so much detail. I can go on one verse and just keep going for a few weeks, but, you know, for the sake of time and, and going through the Scripture, um, you know, I'm going to be taking bits and pieces of it, but verse by verse, and then I'm sure if the Holy Spirit has something to say, He will, either through me or some of the other preachers. Um, but if you remember the Gospel of John, it's all directed in one one way, or it's 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 moving towards one direction, and that's simply... John the Apostle is proving that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is God himself who lived among us, amongst us in human form, and by choosing to believe this truth, we will have eternal life in his name. So just, uh, just so I can take you back uh, to John chapter 3 where we ended up last time. Uh, this is where uh, John the Baptist, he's in the middle of speaking to his disciples and uh so they've discovered that Jesus is now um, down in the River Jordan where John the Baptist originally was, and his, his disciples are now baptizing people and, you know, declaring the kingdom of God. And, um, and John the Baptist's disciples are starting to get jealous. They're going, well, hold on a second. We're the messengers. We're supposed to, we brought this message out first, and we're the ones that are supposed to be baptizing here. You know, they're starting to feel threatened. They started to feel, um, you know, that this minister of repentance, John the Baptist, has such has so amazingly done, is about to come to an end, and they're not happy that Jesus is taking it away. But John the, the Baptist, I love his heart. He makes it very clear, and he's very happy to step aside because he he declares that he is not the Messiah, and John is full of joy that Christ is being elevated and exalted. So John the Baptist who steps out of the way, uh, and so Christ can be exalted, and he's helping his his disciples understand what's happening and what he's doing. Uh, then John uh, models how to exalt Christ and humble ourselves before God when he says what he says in uh, uh, John three thirty, and that's where I ended. He must increase, and I must decrease. Probably one of the most used scriptures when we're talking about Christian life, but Unfortunately, not very uh, regularly practiced. Um, but aside from Jesus, who displayed humility um, throughout his whole life, John the Baptist was a perfect human example of humility. And, uh, and there's, there's a lot that we can learn from. And John was happy to humble himself before God. He was happy to decrease himself and elevate Christ, even though he was ministering Christ. Sometimes I can get a little bit, you know, out of balance. He didn't care for any titles. He didn't care for any positions. 
He didn't care for esteem or validation or approval. He gladly stepped aside when the time came and allowed God to accomplish what he intended. And the thing is, our, our, our sinful nature, we don't like humility, eh? We don't really, it's not a normal thing for us to go there. We like to exalt ourselves sometimes. We like to feel important. We like to feel appreciated. We like to feel validated. We, we like to be prideful sometimes. And uh, not all the time, not a lot, but just a little bit. Just a little bit of pride. It's all right. You know, I'm allowed to, you know, enjoy my spoils. I'm allowed to do, you know. But the Bible says that pride in a person's heart can be destructive in many ways. And there are so many scriptures that, that the Bible talks about that. And uh, like John the, Bible, John the Baptist's disciples, our ugly side can come out when there's pride or when pride gets in the way of and someone's threatening that. We can get nasty if anyone threatens that position of validation, of being important. But even more importantly than any of that, or even more importantly than feeling important or, or having that threat of feeling important taken away, a proud heart gets in the way of having a genuine relationship with God. And that's most critical and most important. As James puts it in James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And like Yanta was saying before in Psalm 51, that God loves a broken and a contrite heart, one that acknowledges God and acknowledges their weakness. See, John the Baptist, he wasn't concerned for any of this positional title or his service. His identity wasn't even connected to any of that. And even though he was really successful in what he did, he didn't connect himself or his identity in what he did. And as we saw in previous verses, he was happily to completely deplete himself, to completely dispense himself and step aside so that Christ will lift it up. And, uh, you know, I wonder sometimes, I wonder, and thinking about it, I wonder how will we respond? How do we respond? A question that you should be asking yourself. How do you respond when you feel unappreciated, when you feel overlooked, when you feel like you've been stepped aside? How do you respond in that? Is it about us? Or is it about Christ? At the end of the day, it's always important to ask that question. Where, where we are, we're humans, we feel things, we go through things. We, if we, you know, we, it's very easy for us to go towards the proud side than the humble side. But whatever we do, whether it be ministry, whether it be a career, a business, a sport, anything else, we need to be less focused on holding on to that thing, which eventually turns onto an idol, and be more focused on getting Christ elevated and glorified in everything that we do. See, John the Baptist, he had the right perspective. He was happy to decrease and give God all the glory. When the time came, he was happy to step out of the way. And in doing so, he lifted Christ up and his whole life glorified God. See, John the Baptist, he had a full understanding of who Christ was. He understood that. And John the Baptist, uh, and, and like John the Baptist, we can grow and understand and have a full understanding of Christ. And we will, having an understanding and, and knowing Christ, we will also be glad to step aside when we have that. When we understand Christ, we will gladly decrease and increase. When we continue to understand Christ, we will gladly let go of our pride and our selfish nature. 
When we understand Christ more and more, we will gladly let him increase in everything and we'll gladly surrender and submit to Christ. See, some of us are struggling with addictions. Some of us struggle with, with temptations and all kinds of selfish living. But the Bible says, submit to God. That is, let him increase. Resist the devil by decreasing yourself and he will flee. See, the enemy, selfish actions, selfish agendas will flee when we decrease and when we submit to God. That's the word of God. And Christ will increase and we will be, and we will be able to lift him high and exalt it and our lives will glorify his name. Okay, so let's continue. This is where I'm up to. In the last five verses of chapter three, uh, we, we get to and we, we start to see that John the Baptist, he continues talking to his disciples and he's teaching them and he's helping them understand why he was able to completely decrease. Why was John the Baptist able to completely decrease himself and surrender in humility and, and allow Christ to increase in his life and through his life? So this is straight after John the Baptist um, states that Christ must increase and he must decrease. John continues to teach his disciples and he says, he says this uh, in, in verse 31. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. So this sounds a lot like the statement that Jesus said to Nicodemus earlier on in the chapter. He said in chapter th- in verse 13, which I didn't ask you to, to put up, but that's okay. Jesus said, no one ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. John the Baptist, he's emphasizing this as well, what Jesus was saying. The one who comes from heaven is above and above all. We saw in chapter 1 of John that the Bible says all things were created by him, through him, and for him. In chapter 1 as well, it says that the word, Jesus Christ, became flesh. The Son of God is God. Jesus, the Son of God, is God revealed to us. Jesus is God himself and the one who came from heaven to live among us to save all who call out to him. And John the Baptist can exalt Jesus with all of his heart, and he can completely decrease himself because he knows that Jesus is from heaven and he knows that Jesus is above all and is all. We heard it in that song that Yanta and the guys were singing before. His name stands above all. I'm not going to sing it. His angels cried. His angels cried. In Matthew 1, right, the first chapter of the New Testament We see the story of Mary and Joseph when Jesus was born. The angel comes out and he cries out, This is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus Christ was Emmanuel. The angel cried out. All creations cry out. Jesus lifted high above, that's the song, above every principality, above every power, above every ruler, above every authority. Jesus Christ, and that's in Ephesians, Jesus Christ is lifted up. There is only one who is from heaven. Only one who speaks things from heaven. Every human in this world was born from this world and speaks and sees things from a human perspective. 
We're limited in our view. No person in the whole world has every point of view, has every perspective, has every understanding. No person is, has got every gift, like some claim they do. No person can understand everything at one time, all at once. We're all limited. And that's why it's important that we remain humble and we trust Him and we don't think too great about ourselves and we decrease. I'm not saying don't think of yourselves as nothing. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, don't think of yourself as less, but think of yourself less. All right? I don't know if you get that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what position we hold. It doesn't matter how much money we got in the bank. It doesn't matter what social status we fit into. As good as John the Baptist was, as great as a man that Jesus said he was, that he was the best, the, the best man that ever lived, as great as his testimony was about Christ, as much as John's followers wanted to follow him and were threatened about everything and were jealous of Jesus, John the Baptist, he bows out. And he's like, you know what? I am not the Messiah. I'm just a broken man like you, like Yanto was saying, called by God, by the grace of God, for my purpose or for a purpose, and that is to declare the goodness of God and glorify his name. Even the best of the best man or woman on this earth, even the best of the best role model, of women on this earth, even the best superstars, the best superpowers, the best super preachers or super apostles or whatever you want to call them, even the greatest prophet in the world are still fallen, broken humans from the same earth born from here, not born from above. We are all humans with the same corruptions regardless of who we want to project to be. No one is above anyone else in a human sense. We have what we have in Christ, and we have what we have in Christ because of Jesus, and we have the Word because of Jesus. We have, or anyone has what they do, or anyone gets what they get because of the grace and the sovereignty of God, like John was praying earlier. No one knows the things from heaven unless they believe, they listen, and they understand the one who is from heaven. And it's crucial we remain humble because God gives grace to the humble. And it's, it's crucial that we remember that we don't hold all the wisdom in the world. We are not the Messiah, nor do we carry the Messiah complex. It is Jesus Christ lifted up, not ourselves. Jesus is above all. He knows all. He's above in heaven and we are to lift him up. And John the Baptist, he's got a complete understanding of this when he's, when he's saying this to his disciples. He completely understands that Jesus is above all and is happy to decrease. Then, in, then, then John the Baptist, he, he goes on and he gives the disciples another reason why he was happy to decrease. In John 3, 3.32, he says, He testifies to what he has seen and heard, talking about Jesus. Yet no one accepts his testimony. Speaking of Jesus, John the Baptist, he understands that Jesus is true. He's the only one true witness of the things of heaven, and he came down from heaven. Jesus need, didn't need any information from anyone else. Didn't, he didn't need an education. He didn't need a theology degree. 
He didn't need ministry experience. Everything we know, everything that we understand, we had to be taught. No preacher, no teacher could claim that they know everything. We would be learning forever and for the rest of our lives. Our limited human mind will always be learning and even trying to grasp the very truths of heaven. I mean, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that Trinity. I mean, how do you grasp that completely in your mind? One God, three, three in one in the Godhead. It's so hard to understand, but it's truth. We will forever be learning and understanding. But Jesus, he has the full knowledge of heaven. Jesus is speaking of things he has seen and heard. And he saw it firsthand. He's got firsthand divine experience. And we need that information from heaven given to us through him and through his spirit. If we want to live a Christian life and a spiritual life, the Bible says in John 6, 63, the words, this is Jesus saying, the, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And I love what he says in Matthew 4, 4. Man does not, must live, must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And it's powerful that we need to have a relationship with Jesus. We need the testimony that Jesus brings. We need his word to survive and to thrive. We need that genuine connection with him. And in this life and in the eternal life, we need it. But the, but he goes on, uh, John was saying that despite having, the, John the Baptist was saying, despite having the firsthand divine witness available and speaking truth and who knows all things and, and, and has all knowledge and is above all things, the Jewish, the, the Jewish rulers at the time didn't want to re- receive Jesus. They didn't want to believe him. And because of that, the Jewish nation rejected Christ. And the truth is, even today, many of us reject truth or bits of the truth. Similar to what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus 11, uh, in, ch- in verse 11 of chapter 3, just before. Uh, Jesus speaks the truth, but nobody accepts it. And it's funny that sometimes we hear the truth, we're like, I oh, know, I know the truth. And it's, we can't, we can't make that change. We can't make that, that, that change over. And it, and it's, and it, and it speaks so truly when it says a little bit uh, further down in verse 19 that of the reasons why many people choose not to be part of the truth or want to agree with the truth for whatever reasons. Many choose, it, Jesus said that many choose darkness instead of the truth. And I've got to put my hand up that, you know, there's been parts in my life that I thought, I'm too afraid to face it sometimes, you know. And, and many, the, the, the truth of the reality is that many love selfishness. Many love to live a selfish life. Many love to be greedy. Many love to control life and be in control of life. So we choose not to press into that truth. We choose not to grow into the truth or even face the truth sometimes. But every, every person has a choice to make. We've all got a choice to make. And John the Baptist affirms to his disciples that they have their own individual choice to make too. And they can choose to believe the truth and to believe Jesus and accept the truth. In John 3.33 it says, The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. I love that. Anyone that accepts the words of Jesus and believes it 
it's the same as accepting God's words and his words. The two are one and the same. Jesus said many times that him and the Father are one, and rejecting him is like rejecting the Father, and rejecting his testimony is, um, is like rejecting the Father. See, the Jewish people like to think that they affirm the Old Testament scriptures. They like to, they like to think, well, we affirm that our God is true. And they talk about Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, all the other prophets and the Old Testament people. But their God is the one that, that prophesied that the Messiah would come. Their God is the one that prophesied that, well, our God is the one that prophesied that the Messiah, Jesus, would fulfill all scripture. They're the ones that said that. They're, well, they're, they're, they're scripture. So, in fact, you can't claim that God is true and Jesus is not true. And uh, coincidentally, during the week, I, I didn't even think about talking about this, but I was speaking to a, a God-fearing man during the week from another religion and uh, um, very humble, very genuine, really lovely guy, such a great guy. I spent a, an hour and a bit with him uh, over a coffee and he was explaining to me that, about his beliefs and, uh, and he's saying, well, they're similar to your beliefs. And, uh, we, you know, we believe in most of the Old Testament and the prophets, but, but we believe that Jesus is considered a prophet, just like any other prophet. And, uh, Jesus is not the Son of God. In fact, he's not God. That's what they're saying. And he said, well, you know, we're 99% the same. And I walked away thinking, that 1%, makes all the difference it makes a big difference <laughs> because the truth is if you deny christ if you deny that jesus is not the way not the truth not the light not the life and not the way to salvation then you're calling god a liar and the truth is you won't enter the, enter the kingdom of god if you call god a liar and we see, in, even in, in the epistle letter, John the Apostle writes this important statement and is constantly going back to this theme, talking about Jesus is the Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, He is God. And he says in 1 John 5, 10 to 11, I hope I got that reference right. The one who believes in the Son of God has, has this testimony within himself. The one who does not believe God has, has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his son. And this is a testimony. God has eternal life. And this life is in his son. The one, uh, did I say number, I said to number, uh, okay, I went to number 12. The one who has the son has life. The one who does not have the son does not have life. And John makes it very clear that if you don't believe the Son, you don't believe the Father. And they make him a liar. It's pretty heavy stuff, eh? Oh, man. It's great, though. That's the truth I'm talking about. You know, you hear the truth. You're like, well, you know what? I'm not the truth. YouTube or TV or anything around me is not the truth. What truth am I going to hold on to? Someone's philosophy of life? Someone's way of living? You know, Buddha once said that at his deathbed, he said, well, I'm still searching for answers, but yet everybody follows him. Well, a lot of people follow him. We search the truth and we will find the truth. That's what the Bible says. We will find the truth if we seek the truth. See, you cannot 
reject Christ and affirm God is true at the same time. It's impossible. And if God is true, then everything he said about Christ is true. And Christ is the only one that provides that eternal life. All right, so John the Baptist, he teaches that we can decrease, Christ can increase. And he, he does that and he's confident in doing that because he knows that Jesus is above all and above all things. He is from above and above all things. John the Baptist knows that Jesus holds all the knowledge, all the wisdom of the world, all at the same time. And he knows that we can accept this testimony because he is true, just as God is true. Then we get to the next reason of why John the Baptist can exalt Christ above himself and, and how we can actually exalt Christ above ourselves. We see in the next verse, John 3.34, For the one whom God sent speaks God's words, since he gives spirit without measure. I don't know why, but I got happy when I saw that without measure. I thought, that's great, you know. John is saying, when we receive the words of God, when we receive his words, we also gain the Spirit of God. And there is no limit to the measure of the Spirit of God. It comes without measure. It's up to us to receive it. It's up to us to be willing to receive. And it's like John the Baptist is he's, he's saying to his disciples, well, why would you exalt a minister? Why would you exalt me, John the Baptist, the man? Why would you do that? John has a measure of his spirit. John has information given to him, but John is just an earthly man. He's not to be compared at all with the one who brings life or is life and knows all and is above all. John the Baptist is not to be compared with the one who gives perfect testimony, establishing the truthfulness of God and his spirit in infinite fullness. See, there are many churches where the focus is very heavily on the minister or the preacher or the pastor. And the sad thing is, a lot of ministers actually like it. They like the attention. I mean, let's be real about it, eh? They love to be exalted. And they see themselves as the one where attention is to be drawn to. See, but that's a very dangerous territory because many have compromised the truth to accommodate a leader's gift, a strength, or a weakness. And in reality, truth is watered down. See, there could be a lot going on, a lot of hype, a lot of emotion, but not much transformation. And that's how you know the fruit of the Spirit. See, where there's true ministry of the Spirit, there is a fading recognition of a minister. Where there is true ministry in the Spirit, Christ will be all and in all, in the fullness of His truth and love, with an increasing glory of Christ, glory of Christ, giving Him all the glory. And where there is true ministry in the Spirit, His Spirit will fill all people without measure. Praise the Lord. Transforming hearts, transforming minds. God's good, man. <laughs> John the Baptist, he continues, and he, and he adds that Jesus is the Son of God now. He's saying, okay, well, guys, I've spoken to you that Jesus above all, he has all the knowledge, he is who he says he is, he is God himself. And then he says in verse 35, the Father loves the Son, 
as he has given all things into his hands. See, John understands that all of creation, the plan of redemption, is all about the Father loving his Son and bringing the world to redeem humanity. We see that in in John 3.16 that Jesus said himself, For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You see, Jesus holds all things in his hands. Jesus holds eternal life in his hands. Jesus holds light and truth in his hands. He holds all the power, all the dominions, all the authorities, everything in his hands. And John the Baptist completely understands this and is happy to decrease. And my prayer is that we start to completely understand this and decrease. So John continues with his disciples, which is the last verse, which I'm quite disappointed to be leaving John, been on it for a while, uh, John chapter 3 that is. Uh, the one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains in him. John the Baptist is talking to his disciples. And, and this connects the words that Jesus said to Nicodemus directly early in the chapter. And all it takes to be spiritually reborn, uh, to be reborn into the kingdom of God is to believe. That's what he's saying. He's saying to his disciples, all you need to do is stop believing in me and start believing in him, Christ. And those that are born again receive and we hear that John was talking about adopted, John and Cena, that is. There's a lot of Johns today. <laughs> John the Baptist, John the Apostle, John Rumi, John and Cena, praise the Lord. <laughs> That's good. And uh, yeah, like John was saying, that those that believe are adopted into God's family. We're adopted in. You're a child of God. But it doesn't stop there. We know that. We hear about it all the time. John adds a provision, a condition. And, and it's completely conditional on our response to us and what we believe. It says that the one that believes has eternal life, but if you reject Christ, that's what he's saying. In, in other versions, and more traditional versions, it says that if you disobey Christ, as the, then you will not enter the kingdom of God. You will not see eternal life. And, uh, and the, 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 the heartbreaking thing is, Unfortunately, many modern-day Christian churches, uh, modern-day Christian people, not churches, but people that are Christians, and I will put my hand up to that many times, that we get deceived when we think, well, I go to church, I pray the sinner's prayer. I actually pray sometimes. I worship in the car. You know, it's, I'm good. You know, I'm, everything's okay in my life. And, but the thing is, it doesn't stop there. Believing is one thing. Entering into the kingdom is one thing, that promise and that adoption as a son and a, and a daughter and a child of God. That's one thing. But being a child of God has responsibilities. And actually, there's a great responsibility. Each child of God has a stewardship with the talents and the gifts that they have, that God's given them. And each person is called to serve the Lord, to follow his teachings and follow his example. See, to be born again is just not sitting and hoping for the best. Hopefully everything's all right. But it's actually experiencing that transformational power of God 
and that spiritual rebirth as we continue to obey Christ, as we continue to be renewed in His Word. You see, every believer has an indwelling Holy Spirit within them. And we can adopt that same mindset of Christ. We have that opportunity to be renewed in the Spirit of God, Spirit of our minds, and be empowered to humble ourselves, just like John the Baptist humbled himself, serving Christ and elevating Him. In, uh, in Revelations 3.21, I, uh, I asked Rico to put that up. I was reading that earlier. There's, the Bible says that there are rewards for obeying Him. And we don't really talk about revelations too often, but it's, it, this is Jesus saying to the one, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. What an amazing promise. What an amazing promise. He's saying, if you overcome, if you overcome just like he overcome, if you overcome that, th- that fear of death, if you overcome that fear of being rejected, if you overcome that fear that people will call your names and abuse you and, and do every, all these things, if you can overcome all of that, if you can overcome all of that, then Christ will reward you. Crazy. Having faith to believe Jesus will save us and get us into eternal life. But true life experiencing that abundant, joyful life, both here and when we go to heaven, depends completely on our disobedience or or our obedience. And those that choose to not obey and choose to walk in their own ways will not gain life and instead experience God's wrath and that facing God's consequences. So it's a matter of choice for every person here, every person whether we walk in obedience to the Spirit or whether we walk our own way. See, Paul, he he explains what these consequences are. Sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, it's going to be, you know, uh, the the, the wrath of God is when I die and I'm going to have to stand before God, which that's true. You know, everyone's going to have to stand before God and and be judged according to their actions and, and, and their deeds here. But Paul explains God's wrath in, in a way that's relatable to now. He says that people, God will actually give you over to your own desires. Sometimes we might be struggling, but maybe we're being disobedient in our hearts. I don't know. Whatever that might be for you. But the Bible says that God hands people over to their lusts. He hands people over to their addictions. And it'll eventually, a lust will eventually become an addiction. And it'll eventually lead to a debased mind, which is completely gone and stuck there. So Romans one twenty eight one twenty eight says, uh, "And because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to a corrupt mind, so that they do what is not right." God's wrath is giving people over to their flesh, and I'm talking about Christians. James says something similar, saying that our temptations come from our own lusts and our own desires. In Galatians 5, Paul covers the same point, saying that we all have a basic choice as a believer at every moment in our lives, whether to walk in the flesh or to walk in the Spirit, and that is loving our neighbor and displaying the fruits of the Spirit. So John the Baptist is saying in all of that, Think of your life moving forward. 
Think of your life. We're saying to the, to the disciples and we're saying that now. Think of your life moving forward. Will you follow humans, uh, understanding or wisdom who claim to hold all the secrets? Would you follow the ways of the world or will you follow Christ? Think of it. Make a choice. You have a choice. Every individual has to respond and every individual will have consequences depending on what they respond. Eternal life or eternal wrath? Eternal heaven or eternal hell? We can choose to believe truth and have eternal life, or we can choose to reject Christ and be disobedient. See, John had a full understanding of who he was, and he had a full understanding of who Christ was. He understood that Jesus is all and above all. And Jesus, he knew that Jesus had all the knowledge. He understands that Jesus had the full measure of the Spirit of God. And he understands that Jesus is loved by the Father and there, there are only one in the same. And, they hold, and Jesus holds everything in his hands. John the Baptist was humble enough to acknowledge that, hey, I'm just here to do my part. And John understands that life is this, this life in Christ is conditional and everyone has a choice to make. See, John the Baptist, he chose life. John the Baptist died a satisfied life. I mean, unfortunately, his death was a horrible death. <laughs> but he was full of joy, full of joy, full of, full of peace, full of peace with himself. And that's because he completely decreased and allowed God to increase because he knows and he trusts Christ. So would we pray, uh, would we bow our heads this morning? And I'll invite the worship team up. This morning, right now, you can genuinely choose life. This morning, right now, you can choose to decrease our selfish nature and allow Christ to increase. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. And this morning, right now, we can genuinely declare, like we sang in that song, that all the angels cry out, all creation cries out. And we can declare that his name stands above all because he is all and he is above all. And Jesus is lifted high above all, above all things, that we can look to him. We can put our attention to him. We can choose him. We can choose life. We can choose Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we are so grateful for your word today. We're so blessed by your truth. We thank you, Father.